opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Hi there, I'm Janine. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. And we are waiting for special guest Sarah Reinertson to call into this morning's show. Happy, happy President's Day, everyone. And I'm actually here. I'm going to bring my intern on. Hey, Donnell. Hi. How are you? Good, good. So I love you did some homework on our guest this morning, Sarah yes, I Reinertson. Did. Excellent. Um, Sarah Reinertson is the first female leg amputee to complete the Ironman Triathlon World Championship in Kona, Hawaii in 2005. Um, and this is a special feat because uh, she actually lost her, her leg. She had to get it amputated at, I think, around the age of seven. Right. And uh, a couple years later after that, she broke the 100-meter world record for female above the, me- the, above the knee amputees at age 13. Um, she has broken... World records for the 100 meter, 200 meter, and 400 meter in her division. She's ran seven marathons and also holds the world record for half marathons and marathons for above the knee amputees. And uh, our guest might also recognize her for being um, in the Amazing Race That's a right. couple years ago. That's right. She ran it with her husband and placed. Um, she placed. She placed pretty well, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that gained her a lot of recognition too. That's excellent, and. Um, she also won an ESPY award. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2006. Yeah, it was in 2006 for the best female athlete with a disability. And mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know, the ESPYs are, are they're, they're pretty much the biggest award in sports. Uh, ESPN holds them annually, and um, all the biggest athletes are there. So that's a pretty prestigious honor. Right, right. Well, since we're waiting for her to call in, I think she's running a few minutes late. If you want to check out her blog, I did post it. Uh, not her blog, on my blog. Uh, if you go to getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, you'll see her complete bio. And she's an athlete, motivational speaker, mentor, and author, and she'll be on the show in just a little bit. So we're going to play a song off of uh, Big Red Button. This is off 13 Dreams, and this is the song Ocean. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. I'm your host, Janine. I'm joined by my intern, Donnell, and he's got some great questions. And uh, thankfully, we've got our guest on the line. She's ready to go on. Sarah Reinertson is here to join us. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Hi. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well, thanks. Thank you so much for calling to the show. You are such a motivational speaker and author, and I'm very, very inspired by you, and I'm looking forward to hearing all about your whole backstory and just, you know, your book and everything. Thanks. Thanks for uh, taking the time to chat this morning. So I want to start off, um, I'm actually also joined by um, my intern, Donnell, who's on with us. Hi, Sarah. This is Donnell. How are you? Hi, Donnell. Good morning. And uh, we have, you know, just going to ask you some questions about, you know, how you became an athlete. Um, I know you lost your your leg at seven, and how that impacted you at such a young age. Yeah, no, I think um, that definitely has shaped a lot of my um, 
just who I am today, of course. It's right. a life-changing thing, losing my leg, but it certainly has become, um, you know, something that was a challenge for me to overcome, but also it's been a driving force in my life, and, and um, you know, it, it just a whole, it ignited a whole spark in me um, to pursue sport and athletics, and, right. and um, it's been, an you know, an incredible journey, so... Now, Donnell did his homework, and at age 13, you, you uh, yeah, took up a fact um, about her. Uh, yeah, at age 13, it says you broke the 100-meter world record for female above-the-knee amputees, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, about how you handled that success after, after I mean, it was only a f- after a few short years after losing your leg. I, I, I wanted to know how you handled that, that sort of success when, uh, when you broke that world record. Well, I think it, you know, when I, when you have a little bit of success, it just kind of drives you to keep moving forward in, in that direction. Like I just, I, I knew I had, um, some athletic talent and when I was able to actually race against other women, um, that were also, and other girls that were disabled, um, you know, had similar disabilities in, in track and field, I realized that, like, I was actually pretty good. So that just made me want to train harder and get faster and do better. And I was lucky that I had some, you know, great coaches and mentors around me, and, and my parents were fully supportive of, to help me make that um you know, happen and supported that and would drive me to go uh, to practice and stuff. And, and I definitely had to go to practice and then get home and do my homework. And, nice. you know, really, um, it took a lot of work, but um, it, it paid off. And that's what, you know, the, the great part of, like, having that success at a young age, it was like, okay, wow, this is great, and it takes work to achieve it. But when you do achieve it, it's, it's all worth it to, you know, keep working hard. And that was a good lesson to learn. That's great. That's mm-hmm. great. How did you uh, get involved in the Amazing Race? Well, you know they, um, uh, we, you know they, they cast uh, a whole, you know, group of people, and we were uh, approached. They were interested in casting uh, someone with a disability and uh, with an amputation, and so they, you know, that's how they got my name in the mix. And I was a fan of the show, so when. Um, uh, you know, you get the phone call. It's like, okay, yeah, absolutely. I'm totally interested in talking to you if you're. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was uh, it was a great um, uh, opportunity to do it, and we were lucky um, to to get chosen. And my my partner and I, it was funny enough, had even you know discussed it, like even a, in a joking kind of way one time on a training ride on mm-hmm. our bikes in Hawaii. We were like, what are we going to do after Iron Man? And <laughs> we were like, oh, yeah, well, let's, wouldn't it be cool to do the Amazing Race? And then it's like, you oh, know, fast forward six really? months, you're getting a phone call. I mean, it was pretty amazing. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Now, did you always have this desire to be so athletic? I mean, did you picture yourself doing this? I don't know. I mean, I definitely think that... Um, I, I I I didn't get to do sport for the earlier part of my years, or I wasn't really, you know, my amputation had happened at seven, but I didn't, um, you know, I had a cumbersome leg brace up until that point, and um, I wasn't always um, included in team sports. So once I got like into the individual sports where I could, you know, um, race against the clock, and and I, I, you know, it just became this like, wow, I, I can be an athlete, and it. And I think because I didn't really do, you know, and I was often excluded as a younger kid before um, uh, 
probably age 11 when I met another amputee runner who kind of really inspired me. Up until age 11, I wasn't I wasn't the most athletic kid. I wanted to be, but I didn't. I didn't always fit into like the team sport model sure. of the sport. Sure, you know. It sounds like once you found your groove, age eleven on, you yeah. you just you know blossomed. Yeah, no, and and I think running is fun, and I still think it's fun. You know, I just did the yesterday. I did a run up in Pasadena. I did the rock and roll half marathon. It was a thirteen mile run, and nice. it was through Pasadena, and it was a beautiful course, and definitely hilly because I mean Southern California is a hilly place. But right. it rock bands every mile, and there were seven thousand people, and it was just really fun. And you finished like right at the Rose Bowl, and it was, it was just a cool you know way to spend a Sunday and a holiday weekend. I mean, that's just it for me. It's it's still oh it's fun sure. and i feel so lucky that i i do this and like you know the race yesterday was a fun race it was just i'm you know i'm using it as a training uh a training day and mm-hmm. and my big race this year will be iron man uh new york city and then uh, I, uh the new york city marathon a couple months later so Amazing. you know I'm, i've got to be in shape this year and it's going to be a lot of fun to do all these races and and uh, be out there training and, and testing myself again. I mean, it's it is part of the journey. Now, do you train uh, seven days a week? Pretty much, you know. Um, so, you know, I I think it's on your day off. You should even be stretching and um, or you're you know at least doing a little something active like. Today, after running 13 miles yesterday, I mean, I'm still going to work out today. Right. Yeah, I might do something not as, I'm not, I'm not going to run. Okay. <laughs> you know, I might swim or bike and do something non-impact and, or just yoga. But um, That's great. Yeah. That's great. But I'm going to do something today. <laughs> you know, I look at you and other women that do these uh, triathlons. I don't know about you, Donnell. Do you work out? Uh, I try. You try? <laughs> I try. I mean, she's, you know, putting us to shame here, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think, you know, it's amazing the things you're able to do. What's a typical race like? Well, um, I, I do a lot of triathlons uh, of a lot of different distances, so there's, you know, several different uh, races. Um, I haven't done an Ironman in seven years, but so an Olympic distance triathlon is about a one-mile swim, 25-mile mm-hmm. bike, six-mile run. But I got started by doing a sprint triathlon, which is a quarter-mile swim, 12-mile bike, three-mile run. Okay. And that's, you know, uh, you know relatively... Um, reasonable That's distance. Doable. Yeah. Before I knew how to swim or bike, I would often do it as a relay team. Like, you could enter these triathlons and do it as a relay. And that can be kind of fun. You recruit a bunch of your friends and one is just in charge of the swimming and one's yeah. in charge of the bike and That's maybe nice. you do the run. I would always do the run because that was the one thing I knew how to do. Nice. Um, but eventually, you know, um, I decided it was time to you know, really figure out how to swim and not just doggy paddle and really learn how to ride a bike, you know, and it was one of those things in life that I never really totally mastered riding a bike on two wheels and mm-hmm. and with the prosthetic it was like figuring out how to get the, you know, foot to stay on the pedal and, sure. and um, uh, the you know, just... And I, yeah, you know, I I lived in New York City, so it's, like, really not the most ideal place to learn how to ride a bike. You know, being in California kind of helps. You know, you do have, we have great bike lanes and trails, and, you know, it's pretty accessible to learn out here. So when I moved out here, it was, you know, finally, you know, close to 30 years old, I finally learned how to ride a bike. Yeah, I don't know how anybody rides a bike in New York. I grew up there, and you got all these cabs, and you're just holding on for dear life even in the back of a cab. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. 
So, um, Donnell, did you have any more questions you want to share? Yeah, I, um, we've talked a lot about the physical aspect of, of of training, and obviously, running marathons is no easy task on, on your body. But uh, one thing that most people underestimate is is the mental side of it, and how you mentally prepare for a marathon. So, I was wondering how how you went about your business about uh, as far as mentally preparing for these marathons, and then going out and, and running them. Yeah, I mean, honestly, your mental game is just as important as your um, physical game, if not more, because when your physical game starts to break down, <laughs> it's going to be your mental game that carries you through to the end. And, sure. I mean, yeah, it's um, it's sort of a muscle that you always are sort of, uh, I think, exercising in a way. I even think about the race I did yesterday and um, – you know, the last three miles. I was a little like, why did I sign up for this again? <laughs> like, between mile 10 and 13, it's like, yeah, I could have been home on this Sunday morning, and it's, you know, 13 miles, and it, it hurts, and my low back is starting to really bother me, and, oh, my God, there's another hill. And, yeah. Um, and it's certainly, you know, when, you know, that that's all that's hard, and, and that's why it's, I think really the training is the important part because you need to start – you know, building your mental endurance and getting out there. And I just remember when I did my first marathon and second marathon and third, those were the days when, you know, you really, um, it was important, you know, you were testing yourself for the first time to go out for an hour, um, you know, run, walk, and then a two-hour and a two-and-a-half-hour. And it was, you know, uh, it's still hard, but it was, you know, it was hard then. And, and, and it just... Um, that is, you know, when you get out on the race course, it's, it's especially in a marathon, there's that mythical thing they all talk about, and that's the wall. And that's right. when, like, your body hits this wall, and it's like you can't go any further, but your mental game has to just say, yes, you can, and you keep moving forward. And, and um, you know, that's something that you always um, wrestle with when you're out there in all of these, in you know, I think endurance events, whether it's a – you know, a long triathlon or a marathon. I mean, 26 miles, you know, certainly challenges you in a, on a much different level, even than what I did yesterday as a half. And mm-hmm. But this is why I'm starting to exercise this muscle even more this year, you know, and I'm having to um, just really uh, remember that um, because, you know, I am doing so much this year with a, an Ironman in August, and then I'm doing a marathon in November. Well, and um, I know I'm going to be able to do it because when I get out there, no matter what, my mental game will always be like, keep moving forward. You can do this because right. I've been battling out there for a long time, and there's very little that's going to stop me from getting to that finish line. That's great. And yeah, Let me ask you, how old were you when you first started doing this? My first marathon was in 1997, and I was 21 years old. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, 36 right now. Wow. Amazing. So I've been at it for you know, a couple of years. Right, right. And, you know, it's, you just have to, I guess, work through that wall. You know, you hit that, as you said, you hit that wall and you just got to work through it and keep pushing yourself. I think so. I think it's, you know, um, there's always, you know, ebbs and flows in life. And I, I, this is why I always keep signing. I always tell people, like, keep signing up for those races. Mm-hmm. Keep signing up for those events. And, like, you know, because that's what helps you get out there and maintain it. I mean, that's why I've been able to run all these years because I keep signing up. And I always try to sign up for new, different things because that's part of the adventure. That's part of keeping it fun. That's part of keeping it interesting, you know, mm-hmm. because it's also, you know, 
it is just one foot in front of the other, and that could get quite boring. But so true. Um, you make it fun by making it an adventure. And, and we just did, did another fun event recently last month. We did this thing called the Cruise to Run. And it was a seven-day trip through the Caribbean, and you stop in, you know, five different Caribbean islands, and you run in every single one of them when the cruise ship stops. You get oh, off. great. You do a run, and and uh, it's it was a really fun way to, like, see the different sites and run in these beautiful, along beautiful beaches. And, Sounds and gorgeous. On, gorgeous trails and so it was you know that's that's how you keep it interesting by uh you know signing up for new events or different adventures now do you have to be a serious runner like or it it you know it depends is they expected <laughs> to run you know 10 to 20 miles a day on that no Caribbean no no thing? it was oh. like a 5k which is like three oh, miles and okay. so there were some people who were just walkers you know they'd oh. get off the ship and they would walk the 5k and then you know go lay on a beach and hang out for the rest of the day or do some other excursion on the island and then get back on the cruise ship and while you're sleeping you get to the other island but there were all levels of runners oh, you know I love from it. just casual 5k walkers run walkers to yeah there were some serious runners who mm-hmm. like to do you know have done a couple marathons or you know that kind of thing and and um but there were th- about three close to 400 of us and so within that mix you had certainly lots of levels and that was part of the fun it was just you That's know great. um getting to meet all different people but they at least you know they want to get out there and walk and run and enjoy um right. just you know being active okay i could sign up for that one mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> the caribbean in january february not a bad beautiful bad, uh, way to Way to spend a week in the middle of winter. What islands, by the way, did you go to? Uh, yeah, we went to um, Antigua, mm-hmm. Barbados, um, Tortola, uh, St. Uh, Thomas. Uh, next year we're going to go to St. Martin. Um, uh, it's kind of a slightly different itinerary, but it's still Antigua, Barbados, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I think St. John. And so really gorgeous little spots in the how Caribbean. How fun, how fun. And I like what you had to say, because I always thought, I have a friend of mine in L.A. Uh, who might be listening now, her name is Susan, and she does triathlons, and she's amazing. And I always thought you had to be able to, you know, bike, you know, a gazillion miles and swim, you know, a gazillion miles. I didn't know that you could start off slow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's how everybody sort of starts. You know, it's like it's and a 12-mile bike ride. I mean, I think a lot of people could do a 12-mile bike ride, you know, and, and I think you kind of have to see if you like it first, too. I mean, sure. that's why sometimes you go to these um, sprint tries. Some people still, you know, they're on it and on their, you know, I, I don't suggest a beach cruiser, but they might have, you know, a hybrid bike or a mountain bike, and they just use it for 12 miles and then see if you like it before you get a road bike and right, <laughs> and buy a wetsuit and all that. <laughs> And really get in because it's a lot to take on, you know, all of it. But yeah. there's a lot of athletes of a lot of different levels. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Get the Funk Out Show. I'm your host Janine. I'm here with my intern Donnell, and this is KUCI 88.9 FM. We'll be back with Sarah Reinertson in just a bit. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM. Irvine, Irvine, Irvine. Friend us on Facebook at KUCI FM and Twitter. 
talk, music, and more. Hello, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 in Irvine. This is Donnell. Um, I am Janine's intern on Get the Funk Out, and we are back with Sarah Reinertsen. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Hi, Donnell. That was great. I know. He's doing an awesome job this Monday. <laughs> so you've written a book. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, I wrote a, a book about all my uh, adventures um, thus far, and I called it In a Single Bound. And it's um, you know, available on Amazon in hardcover, paperback, and um, I'm an ebook fan too, so it's uh, available in an ebook format as well. Nice. And um, yeah, it's um, it's just my story about you know losing my leg and overcoming that challenge, amongst many others. And I talk about the amazing race, and of course my journey to Ironman and becoming the first woman on a prosthetic leg to do the Hawaii Ironman. Are and that really? triathlon that. is a little longer than the ones we talked about earlier, the sprint tries, but the Ironman is a, a set distance, which is a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, Whoa. followed by a 26.2-mile <laughs> run. Oh, my gosh. How do you feel at the end of that? Um, you feel like both, uh, of course, a little <laughs> tired. <laughs> Slightly. Because <laughs> it is quite an exhausting thing. I mean, but if you've done your training and your homework and, you know, it's, you also, too, are very exhilarated and you've got so many endorphins kicking right. because you have been, you know, really uh, working it for a long time. And um, it's a pretty exhilarating finish line to cross. And I, I was uh, really... Um, you know, over the moon when I when I ran down uh, Ali'i Drive in Kona to to do uh, the Hawaii Ironman. I mean, it was a lifelong dream and goal, and Ugh. and um, it was it was spectacular. I have chills. I can't mm-hmm. even imagine. And the training how how long did you train for that? Well, I always joke and say I trained my whole life to get there, but mm-hmm. um, which is true. But I also right. um, I would say I started. Uh, my first triathlon was in 2003, and I did the Ironman in 2005. So okay. I definitely was very focused in, in triathlon training, uh, you know, for at least two years to make that happen. Um, so, I, but I, you know, I started my training having, uh, having completed uh, about uh, four marathons at the time, five, wow. something like that. So, um, you know, I had some endurance. So I knew if I you know, got off a bicycle, I could probably finish a 26-mile run. But I, I didn't, I wasn't a great cyclist or a swimmer. So, I, you know, I had the time to, I needed the time to really hone those skills. Right. And the first time I went to Kona, I didn't finish. I, I missed the bike cutoff because they have rule. you know, they have like all these different cutoffs. You can't just, you know, take all the time you want. And right. the first time I, I did it, we had such crazy headwinds. And I mean, I, I missed the cutoff. I just couldn't battle the winds and and make it within the, the time the timeline so um that's it you know and and you're out of the race they pull your timing chip and they don't let you go on so that was a bitter pill that's rough, to, that's rough. yeah but you know that, that's again it's those moments in life where you can you know really ch- test your uh metal and and mm-hmm. your your perseverance and it's in these moments when we decide make these decisions of how we're going to handle that we can either let it break us or you know we can have it make us stronger and so of course i you know picked myself up and, mm-hmm. and you know signed up next year, the following year and went ahead and um 
you know, made it happen. That's great. You know, I remember when I was, um, I think I was 16, and I rode for MS. I, I, was, I grew up in Connecticut, and um, I was so driven to raise funds, get sponsors to ride in this yeah. race. I'd never ridden in a race, and my dad got me this amazing bike, a racing bike, and I trained, and I ate well, and I was racing, and I was going up a hill, and there were these two guys I was racing with, and they they were not in the best shape, and they had, I think they even had beer guts, and my dad <laughs> was driving along in my car. I think he's listening. Hey, Dad, from Florida right now. And I remember he was shouting at the window, do it, do it, you got him, pass him. And I blew past these guys, I was, and I was so pumped. So I know that feeling. I mean, it was like, you know, a 40-mile race, but I, was, I, I know that feeling in a small way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, the, you need to definitely get out to a triathlon. You know, it's kind of fun about when you're out there doing tries. They, a lot of times they put the age on the back of their uh, legs. Uh-huh. You know, like they put you in age groups. So you race within your division when you go out there. You're not, and they start you in waves on the swim and everything. So you, when you're out there, you end up sometimes catching people in other age groups or other people are catching you. And nice. it can be um, empowering and humbling all right. at the same time. You know, when you do pass a couple of beer guts out there right. on, a, on a bike and then uh, you you know you, you pedal past them on an uphill and and then also too quite humbling when someone who is like 80. I don't know 71 <laughs> years old like right. can, is ripping past you on right. an uphill they would leave me in the dust at this <laughs> point know? yeah so uh, but that's 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 also inspiring when you see so many different kinds of people come out and do it yeah. and and um, I would love that I, I now that I know that you don't have to be you know right at that level where you are, you know, it's something to work towards. Absolutely, and there's so many cool things here in Southern California and Orange County and ways to, like, sign up on local events. So I would definitely, if you like to ride a bike, I'm sure you'd mm-hmm. love to come out and be part of a triathlon team and be the cyclist. I See, and I now that I know you're a good cyclist and you can uh, <laughs> pump it on the hills. Well, I haven't done that in a while, so... <laughs> But it sounds great. It sounds great. You know, I'm just curious, and then Donnell has a question. What do you eat when you're training? What what kind of things do you like to eat and keep you going? Well, I try to make good choices. I mean, um, we tend to do a lot of grilled, you know, foods and vegetables and, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, try to have salads. We do like to have, you know, I do like to indulge. Sometimes I have a bit of a sweet tooth, so, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but... You know, I'm not a, like I had a chocolate chip cookie after the race yesterday. It's All like right. you gotta. That's why you do it sometimes. <laughs> right, but right. I do try to make good choices and try to find the balance. And I don't drink too many sugary drinks. And okay. um, I mean, because you end up t- having some of that anyway too. Like when you drink those electrolyte drinks, a lot of that. You know, that's. What, but you also need a little sugar. Sure. So just you know, but um, I do try to have a lot of salads and. Broccoli and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. good foods too, because you need good fuel. You know that's really what it's about too. It's not just it's about putting good fuel in your body if right. you want to um, really take care of the whole system and be healthy and right. and and all that. So I would think uh, proteins and carbs are a huge thing. Carbs are good, but you also want to make good choices of good carbs. Good so carbs. you know, brown rices and multi grains, and mm-hmm. I try to switch it up, and sometimes have barley or quinoa or right. something like that. You know, so um, and that some of that does take a little bit of effort. I mean, I do like when I can be home and kind of cook those kinds of foods, or mm-hmm. um, you know, 
make that kind of choice. And sometimes you have to plan to be smarter. I try to, you know, get a lot of my grocery shopping on the weekend and maybe prep some foods or buy some foods that are already sliced and diced for me so I can save time and just sure. whip together a salad. I think it's kind of worth it sometimes to to buy the the shredded carrots. I can just throw them in a salad and it's right. super easy. So because then I'm going to make the salad and then eat the good food and have the fresh vegetables and I try to drink you know water every day and and um yeah I carry you know I have a water bottle in my car and I just refill it and you know try to just you know it's not that hard you don't have to go buy fancy water just drink water and eat vegetables yes yes (laughs) have an apple and no great advice yeah real food real food (laughs) real food and uh, Danielle you have a couple questions yeah um Sarah I was just wondering um you won your you won an ESPY back in two thousand six, and and once again for the listeners who don't know, the ESPYs are are one of the biggest award shows in the in the world of sports. And I was wondering if you, if you could talk about um ab- uh, that experience of both attending the show and, and winning that award. Yeah, well, um, you know, I've actually gone to the ESPYs a bunch of times, and it is one of the biggest award shows in sports. It's the annual sports awards from ESPN, so you watch it on ESPN, and they always put on a really, you know, a big fancy show in L.A. and the big red carpet, and a lot of athletes come into town. It's always in July, and so, you know, sometimes because it's in the summer, there are athletes who don't come because they're actually out doing their sport that time of year, but um, I have happened to win the year that Lance Armstrong had was there and um you know wow. so it was really cool to be um part of that celebration and you get to meet all these athletes and football players and basketball players and it's really a lot of fun and um but also to like receive the award was incredibly um humbling and honoring it just i really was like amazed because i had been going and like oh my god this year i won and mm-hmm. it was for iron man which you know too and in in the sports world you know triathlon is a smaller sport so you know it's not often that even triathlons on the stage at the espies um because uh you know it's it's not one of the bigger ones like basketball, football, and, mm-hmm. you know, even tennis or golf or whatever. So um, it was great uh, to just represent triathlon and to to be recognized for, for this as a, you know, female, uh, best female athlete with a disability was really kind of cool. And, you know, people have to vote online. So that was also kind of, you know, very flattering that, you know, when, when put to the polls, people clicking through, it was like, well, they really um, – the, the voters spoke and and they chose me, which was very humbling, fantastic, and flattering. Wow! Did you have any other questions you want to ask her? Um, no. no. Okay. And uh, what do you have going on right now? Wow! So I'm uh, just really the Ironman and and mm-hmm. the marathon training are my big focuses right now, and and of course I do a lot of work with the Challenge Athletes Foundation, and um, that's a charity where we. Um, help uh we give out the disabled uh sorry the adaptive equipment to uh athletes with disabilities or people with disabilities you know really people people of all levels of athleticism just starting out to the recreational weekend you know recreational athlete to the elite athlete we give away the running feet and um the running prosthetics and biking prosthetics and basketball that's wheelchairs great. and uh, oh. tennis wheelchairs because that's most people have an everyday item but that 
that adaptive sports equipment, you know, can be $5,000 and up. You know, my running leg was $36,000. So it's really cost prohibitive. If you, you know, have um, a disability, it's like just to get out there and, and, you know, go for a run, it's quite more, it's a lot more expensive. There's a big barrier to entry and, um, or, you know, to get that basketball chair, it's like $5,000. And so, um, you know, it's, I work with this group to help um, make sure that there's access uh, to this type of equipment so that, you know, anyone who has a challenge can get out there and, and, live an active lifestyle. That's tremendous. How did you how did you hear about this group? I actually was friends with the the guy that they started the charity originally for. It was a gentleman named Jim McLaren and he was an amputee who did the Ironman in 1992 on a prosthetic leg and he did it in a time of 10 hours and 42 minutes. Wow. I mean, amazing uh, feat. He was a uh, a below knee amputee like 64 um, he was a Yale, you know, uh, lost his leg, and a Yale football player mm-hmm. lost his leg in New York City in a motorcycle accident and came back from losing his leg as a result of this motorcycle accident. He was hit by a New York City bus. Ugh. Oh, come and, on. And um, he came back from that with, you know, just this, this uh, prosthetic leg, and he went on to do an Ironman in 10 hours and 42 minutes. It was just amazing. And he, they didn't have the running feet that we have now. I mean, he had the flex foot, which is, mm-hmm. was an incredible breakthrough in prosthetic technology, but it wasn't the running feet we have today. And so he was just a, really a man ahead of his time. And a year later, he was in a tri- uh, triathlon, actually, in Orange County, and um, uh, the road was closed. But um, they just misjudged the speed of the cyclist, and this cop let a vehicle onto the race course, and this vehicle collided with with Jim, and he flew off the bike, oh. and he his, when he he struck a lamppost and broke his neck, and became a quadriplegic, oh my God. and so the, the triathlon community was stunned that you know this. This amputee athlete who, you know, was already struck by a bus was now, you know, in a second car accident or a second accident uh-huh. where he now rendered another disability, you know, being a quadriplegic. So they wanted to buy him a wheelchair-accessible van to um, help him remain independent, you know, to being right. able to drive a van, right. like a wheelchair, you know, that was adaptive for him. So they did a triathlon in, in La Jolla. And they did it for their buddy Jim, and and he was a friend of mine. I knew him because uh, we got our legs made at the same place back in New York. Okay. And um, anyway, uh, and you know, Jimmy, this this uh, small triathlon ended up growing into uh, a charity foundation called the CAF Challenge Athletes Foundation um, because they realized that you know Jim was uh, a mentor to so many athletes who were out there who wanted to do all these things, and and they all came to the event to honor him. And once they learned how much it cost to actually get these legs, uh, the the board of the race said, you know what, let's let's use our leftover funds to help other athletes like Jim and, and it grew into this other organization. So. Incredible. And Incredible. Jim died a year ago, which was very oh. sad news, but we carry on uh, the mission um, and his legacy. Oh, that's tremendous. Unbelievable. So yeah, yeah, so I do a lot of clinics with them, helping other people with disabilities get up and active. And we're actually doing an, uh, an open water swim clinic in Corona Del Mar this summer. So we're going to be doing some events in uh, Orange County. And and uh, oh. if there's any person uh, who's listening who is looking for a resource uh, for a person with a disability to get active, I encourage them to check out challengeathletes.org. Challengeathletes.org. Okay, and I'll also yeah. post that on my blog. 
which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And I know you also uh, lecture a lot, right, about goal setting and how to face fear? Yeah, I do a lot of, um, uh, you know, that's, uh, I do a lot of motivational speaking, and um, I've been doing that for for years, and I, I love sharing uh, my story, but also in, in giving people things to think about and finding um, those own empowering moments in their own lives and, and really looking at their own potential that, that we all have and finding ways to tap into that. So, um, so I do a lot of that work, and I have a couple of events coming up here, and as well in Orange County and, and all over the United States and New York and 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 so forth. So it's um, uh, I really enjoy uh, getting to do that line of work too. Um, Tell me about yeah. the events coming up in Orange County. Well, I'm speaking to a women's group uh, next month in March, so that's uh, the next one that's local, and um, and then uh, it's uh, so yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, I, especially like speaking to women because I think uh, you know. Um, we all uh, just, I think, you know, my story, I know I struggled a lot just with finding ways to feel strong and empowered and comfortable in my own skin and my own body, and I think mm-hmm. that's something a lot of women um, sort of grapple with, and also just balancing things in life, you know, and, and have, having all these roles that we have to fulfill. And I'm not a mom, but I still feel the pressure of being a modern woman and keeping everything, and I am a wife, and, you know, so I... It's um, I'm learning that whole thing, and so it's it's um, uh, you know I, I like speaking because I also find it's great to meet other women who are strong and yes. powerful and yes. and living uh, a life that's you know just interesting and and um, as well you know so I, I like speaking to these groups because you always encounter other really cool women. Well, one of the things I I love about what you're saying is, and the theme of my show, Get the Funk Out, is we're faced with challenges, we're faced with fear. Instead of wallowing in them, you take that and become a stronger person with a whole new direction. Absolutely. And I I think, you know, I've I've been thinking about the title of your show, (laughs) to Get the Funk Out. It's like that's kind of what I feel like I'm doing when I'm out there running. It's like I'm getting the funk out. Like literally you get the cobwebs out of your mind a little you get the funk out you right. you um um you know you find i find my greatest moments of inspiration are out there when i'm when i'm sweating and and just taking a moment to go out for a run and and clear my mind and and i do that a lot with music too i nice. mean the race i did yesterday was the rock and roll marathon today have music on the course but a lot of times i'm out there with my ipod or my iphone and i've got a music playlist where it's got funky tunes that are going to help me you know um, keep keep on moving and keep on grooving as absolutely. I'm, you know, trying to get the funk out. Absolutely, so. absolutely. And um, now the, the the event you're going to be speaking at is that open to the public? Um, you know, I'm not sure if okay. it is open to the public. Okay. I think I'm being hired, so I don't know okay. if it's a ticket scenario. Actually, all right, no worries. So um, I don't want to. That's all right. Uh, speak too soon, but Any, if there is. Um, a way to uh, to sign up or to purchase tickets for that. I will uh, post that okay. on my uh, Facebook or my uh, Twitter. Beautiful. And so. you have a website you want to throw out there? Yeah, for? my website is alwaystry.com, and that's my same Twitter handle, at alwaystry. And I do a play on words. It's T-R-I, so always, T-R-I.com. And my Twitter handle is at always, T-R-I, always try. I love that. Do you have any last few words of wisdom for the listeners before we wrap it up? 
No, I just want to thank you guys both for um, taking the time to chat with me and, and learn a little bit about my story, and and uh, maybe I'll get to see you both live out there. I would love it. Running or grooving and getting the funk out um, uh, on the road. So. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank- Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Danelle? Thank you so much, Sarah. You're, you're such an inspiration, and it's been it's been great talking to you. Likewise. Have a great, uh, great week, everyone. You too. You too. You too. You've been listening to Get the Funk Out, and I'm your host, Janine. I'll be back next Monday right here at 9 o'clock. Up next, Cure for the Blues. Have a wonderful Monday, everybody. You're listening to... K-C-I... 88.9 FM. Irvine. 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 Friend us on Facebook at KUCI FM and Twitter at KUCI FM. KUCI. Talk, music, and more.